Hello, all. Welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. I have with me today, Sean. Sean, how are you doing today? Doing very well, Dan. How are you doing? Oh, I'm excellent. I'm excellent. Uh, Sean and I, Sean Bell and I actually had quite a good conversation before we actually started recording. Uh, so we figured this is a good time to, we were warming up and we felt like we were good to go. So <laughs> we're going to get right into it for you guys. Uh, Sean, the first thing I always ask anybody that has entered the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast is going to be, what has your writing journey been like up until this point? And I know sometimes that that's kind of a loaded question, but it's always one of the most interesting ones that the audience likes. So, so it's a great question, Dan. What a great way to start. And thanks much for the opportunity to be here. Of course. I would always say my writing, my writing journey so far has been the path less traveled. So I've taken the rough road to kind of get here. It's been an incredible adventure. I wouldn't have had it any other way because I've learned so many valuable lessons along the way. I think everyone has their, what I call unique vision that they want to tell. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine uh, taking another path to get where I've gotten to today, to be able to tell that vision, to tell that story, uh, the opportunity to take this idea that became a bedtime story and turn it into a real life book, a real life story to share with the world is something that I still have a hard time believing. Mm -hmm. And the path to start to finish has been a rough one, but it's been such a rewarding one because I see you know, the, the way people have embraced it, embraced the story, embraced the opportunity. They're so excited to listen, to talk to me about my journey from start to finish. What's it been like to self-publish your very first book? When's the next book coming out? Where did the ideas come from? There's just so many conversation starters because of the journey that I've, I've taken, the path yeah. I've taken. It's, it's allowed me to talk to so many wonderful people about so many incredible things. I think that's actually a really good point that nobody has mentioned yet in terms of self-publishing on here, which is pretty awesome because we've had probably, I think you're like our 16th, 17th interview. So that is actually a really good take that, I have not considered. So I actually really enjoy that answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's been uh, self-publishing is something that I wasn't sure of Dan from the very beginning, right? You always hear the, 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 the bad side of self-publishing, right? Yeah, it's yeah. all, it, it's, it's all on you. It's, it, you're responsible for everything that you do. Uh, it's, it's people who can't get traditionally published, go the self-publishing route. And after experiencing that and talking to people on both sides, on tr uh, traditionally published authors and self-published authors, I think that that's uh, that's 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 wrong. It's not right. Uh, the world is changing around us today. Uh, people are more independent. People are working from home. People are working on their projects now. Self-publishing is becoming a way to get your work out there in a professional manner. And I was able to do that. I was able to do it with a professional company that specializes in self-publishing with indie authors. And it was an opportunity that allowed me to take something that I loved and make it professional. And they made sure it was professional. Their reputation depended on that because they put their name behind independent authors. Yes, it's a lot of work. Yes, you're responsible for a lot of the, the marketing, um, the book launches, anything that you want to do to make your book known to people out there is your responsibility. But this publishing company was right there with me. And the tips and tricks and different um, uh, modules that they gave me to help achieve this wonderful goal of publishing a book is something that I'm going to be using for as long as I write. So the opportunity to self-publish is something that, yes, I was hesitant to do it, but I would do it again because it's been so, so rewarding to take your vision and make it real. Yeah, it is very interesting. Um, like Michael R. Fletcher, I think it was him and I talking about it, and Scott Oden, like, it is very interesting to take this idea in your head and then make it real for other people. Like, there's, I don't think there's very many things like self-publishing personally, because you, you're just, like you said, you're just, it's your vision and you're literally, literally putting it into people's heads. And I don't, I can't think of anything else that's like it. It's very interesting. Self-publishing, I look at it, you know, just it's self-investing. You're investing time in you. And it's, it is a give and take process. It is what you put in is what you're going to get out. 
uh, having the opportunity, like I previously mentioned, talking with traditionally published authors and talking with self-published authors, the self-published authors, especially, uh, and I can't speak for the process that traditional publishers or traditional authors, sorry, Dan went through, but speaking from my own personal experience, the story from the beginning is the story that is there in the end. What you want to be in the book is in the book. They will take it and they'll craft it with you to the best possible um, the best possible version of what it can be, but your vision is there. I'm all about unique vision. I'm a storyteller. I love telling stories. And for my story to be told, I can't imagine taking pieces of it and not using pieces of it. Yeah. With the self-published world, um, with Freeze and Press, who was my self-publishing, they were the publisher I published okay. with, uh, they allowed me to really take my unique vision, my ability to tell this, this story that I wanted to tell and not jeopardize the integrity of how it was told. Yeah. And I think that to me in itself, one has made me very much appreciate the importance of self-publishing and how it really does have a place in the world today. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree with you. I just think that, you know, it has changed a lot. And I was talking to Scott about this, you know, like there are some people that him and I know that, you know, they, I, for instance, I had a screenplay and my, you know, in high school and my um, teacher was like, this is brilliant, sends it to a friend of his and somebody was interested, right? Well, the next thing I know, he goes, yeah, they're going to take this part out, this part, that part. And I was like, so they're interested in the, the paper I sent them, you know, like, <laughs> they're not interested in the words, you know, and I was just like, I didn't recognize it and I didn't end up selling it. I was just like, no, I that like put a huge damper on that for me in terms yeah. of screenplays. And I actually think, you know, after talking to other people, like, you know, you and I talked before we started recording, I just think that 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 experience really put a damper on me, I think, for traditional publishing. And, you know, I think back to, you know, just like, I guess what I really want to do is create a brand and a community. And what I want to do is give that to my kids to decide on what to do. I consider that equity, um, you know, just like a house or whatever. And I just see different people. Um, Pitts Lieber is one of them, right? Where um, uh, with the Gray Mauser and Farhad, where it's like those books where, you know, he gave those off to, you know, the next author. And that to me, that's equity, you know, and I just consider self-publishing your own equity. And I don't mind doing the work. I just, I, you know, even if you make a little less, I just personally would rather have, you know, like I was saying, like I've been doing my own fantasy world for 17 years, you know? um incredible, think, incredible you know what I mean I just think I I'm like I don't want anybody to have I think you're totally right I don't want anybody to have a say in my baby you know and if we're gonna do co-authoring or something you know I I just want you know like I'm good about other people's ideas and things like that but at the end of the day you know I want my story to be there and you know the world to be there you know at the core so I definitely agree with you. I think it's hard to let somebody else come in and it's literally like they take your baby, you know, <laughs> like your dad. It is. Like it is, it is. And I like what you said. I'm okay too. Uh, I like to think as an author, as a writer, I'm always learning. I'm yeah, always yeah. open. I'm always open to experiencing new things, listening to what others have to say. Um, I like that. I think there's so much to learn from from the wonderful author community around us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And self-publishing allows you, to, you, you can still, you can still, they'll, they'll make suggestions to you, Dan, right? Yeah. Like they'll come back and say, Hey, Sean, why don't we try this? But they'll never say, okay, for us to move forward, this part's got to come out. Yeah. This has got to come out. This has got to come out. The, the decision is yours. They could make, they could suggest to edit your entire thing. They could have suggestions for your entire manuscript. At the end of the day, you can say, you know what? Nope. I like it the way it is. And you can say no to that. And they still have to move forward with it. Yeah. Now, that being said, they are held to a certain standard. So I imagine they would want to say, look, we're not going to change the integrity of your story. The idea is yours. But we want to try and make it the most professional piece of work that we can. Yeah. Now, I, I was very impressed with the, with the panel, the team that I had that worked on my book with me from the editor who specialized in fantasy books and she'd been doing it for years from my publishing specialist who kept everything on track during a global pandemic. I was very, very just impressed with the professionalism from both of them. Uh, 
as we all know, editing is the most tedious task of any writer's Oh, I know. Journey, journey <laughs> from day one to end. And I remember hours and hours and days and weeks going back and forth because I very much valued the editor who I had on my project with me. She was unbelievable. Haley was her name. And she was, she really took an interest in making sure that the story that I was creating, she was a part of that. And she helped take it from a manuscript that was written in a Word document and she took it and turned it into a professional piece of writing. And I couldn't have done that then. If I'd gone other ways or taken that script and just published it the way it was, it would never amount, it wouldn't compete in the world because there were the, the, it, there's, it, it's ultra competitive out there. Oh, yeah. whatever, you're, whatever you're doing, you need to make sure that your project is the absolute best that it can be. And having someone like Haley, my editor, who was so invested like I was in it, made such a world of difference in making the final product so unique. And having just the team at Freeze and Press behind me, believing that I could do this, really makes you want to put your best effort in and your best foot forward. No, I think that's a great piece of advice right there. And it, a couple of things you said actually really lead into this next question, which mm -hmm. I thought of earlier and I changed this one. Okay. Um, and once you and I started talking earlier before we started recording, I was like, oh, this is a good one for, for Sean. So what is one piece of your writing process that you find the most helpful to you? Because you talked about editing and a couple of things, mm -hmm. and I, I'm just really curious at this answer. So what is one piece of writing of your writing process that you find most helpful? Uh, I think that when it comes to this particular series of books that I'm writing, Dan, uh, you might be surprised to know that there are a number of elements of the foundation of the book that are based on real life experiences. Oh, cool. so, okay. So that's something that it kind of gives me chills to talk about it because when I was going, this is the one big question that I covered in my very first blog post that I put out on my website was one of the things I had to consider before making this book or going, having this book published was, did I want these treasured memories that I had as a child come out in the book? Did I want that? Was I ready to share that with the world? To take this fantasy adventure that I come up with and share that with the world was something, but to take personal memories, memories that were, um, ingrained upon me at such a young age impressions made upon me yeah. using that as part of my writing process was something that is unique in my writing style because characters from this book the backstory of the grandfather and the grandson is loosely based upon the relationship i had with my grandfather as a child and moments that you write that you read in the book between the grandfather and grandson are moments that happened between me and my grandfather as a, as a young guy uh, spending Christmases and summers in Montreal. Oh. So I was always taught, do what you know. If you know something, do it and you'll do it well. Those moments to me, because uh, I explained to you earlier on uh, as we before we were recording, that one of my biggest taglines for my book is know your moment, live in it. And I can't say that that how that applies to my book. Those moments, those frozen moments in my in my as a, as a kid growing as a kid growing up, spending those Christmases with my grandpa in Montreal at his house in on the West Island, which is a suburb of Montreal, taking that, that, that core, those, those wonderful memories and using that as the backstory here allowed me to create this real world based upon this reality that I experienced. Yeah. And that is something that I think makes this book and this series unique because it's based upon real life a real life scenario a real life relationship that leads into this fantasy adventure and that is what fuels my very essence of this of these books does that answer the question Dan, or did it really want... does no i feel like that really does i mean i and like i said i was very interested especially we talked earlier i was like so glad i changed that question earlier because i thought about my drive home and i was really glad i changed it i i I have not had anybody respond um, in that way. So I, that actually makes me really, this is why I do these types of interviews. It really makes me think, okay, you know, I'm always imagining other people doing things, but I've never done that. I, I, I'm sure I've done it subconsciously, but I've never done it on purpose. And, you know, even like you're talking about relationship wise, character wise, story wise, I think that a lot of people will find that, you know, like what you did really helpful for their own writing. Um, you know, it's like we talked earlier, you know, different people, you know, yeah, different, sure. people, different people, you know, and I, 
I think that is a very, very valuable piece of advice. And, you know, like I was just talking to a friend of mine where she had some, you know, some things happen to her and she's like, you know, I really think I should write them down. And, you know, instead of writing a fiction book, she actually write it, wrote it into a fantasy book, Good and, for her, yeah. you know, and, you know, she just was like, you know, some different paranormal stuff and things. And I was like, it was really cool. You know, it was really good. And I, you know, I, I never really considered that though, because, you know, that's like, you know, she took a couple, couple little things and then really expanded. So that's really interesting to me. And that actually makes your book a lot more interesting to me to find that out. I had a really great relationship with my grandfather. So, oh, okay. Then you will really appreciate um, some of the elements uh, cool. in this book, Dan. Uh, and like I said to you, they are based on real life things that happened to me. Uh, it's funny. You're probably only really the, actually, you're really the first interview that I've had where I've actually really opened up about that. Oh, outside no. of like writing about it on my blog. So this yeah, is yeah, great. Yeah. It's the first opportunity I've had to kind of open up and say, um, I, like I said, write what you know. If you've got something in your life that's important, something that you treasure, something that has meant something to you. Uh, my relationship to my granddad on my mom's side of the family is like something that I'll, I've never experienced. It was something so remarkable. I was close to both my grandparents on my mom's side, but had a very special relationship with my grandfather. Um, I go to bed at night just, just, thinking about those wonderful times together. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, what if this happened? What if this happened? And all of a sudden the grandfather Chronicles was born. This idea that this loving relationship between a grandfather and grandson could be turned into this fantasy epic adventure. The backstory of this and, and being able to take that loving relationship and turn it into part of the Arthurian legend of Excalibur, which is one of my favorite legends of oh, all yeah. time, and, uh, right? And use the backstory of our family as kind of the cornerstone of where the project begins. It gave me this sense of this is something different. It's something that's never been done. And it's something that I think anyone who's had a special relationship with grandparents or a grandfather will be able to say, man, this is, this is neat. This is interesting. Yeah. And when they find out, when they watch this great interview that you're doing with me tonight, <laughs> then they find out, it was based upon real life memories. I think it makes that book so much more authentic and genuine. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I talk about it all the time, you know, like my grandfather and I, we used like, I love movies, love movies. Um, you know, and I think I love stories so much because we went to so many different movies. I, you know, I go to Disney plus and I'm like, Oh, saw that in theater, saw that in theater. So that, you know, and it's like my grandfather, like, that's what him and I went and, you know, went and did awesome. movies together. And, you know, it's just, but just, having those different experiences where people told stories to us and, you know, we'd go to like the library and, you know, they'd have, you know, whatever, you know, like people would come and tell different stories and things, uh, just different events and stuff. And he always found the historical ones or the ghost ones, you know, so, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's just, it was really cool, you know? So I, that actually is, that sounds amazing to me. So definitely on board for, for that series. Um, and I was looking at it earlier and it just sounded really interesting, but um, yeah, just hearing that though, that to me just like puts the nail in it. Uh, that does, yeah. that does. Eh? I'm so glad. I'm, I'm so glad. And I'm so, uh, it's so nice to hear you had such a great relationship with your grandfather too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that's, that was the essence of this. And it's what, this is one of the things that, like I said, made the decision very difficult, right? Was I ready to, to share with the world these treasured memories that I kept so close for so many years? And that was a tough decision to make, oh, yeah. Dan, believe it or not, right? Because yeah. as you read the book, you will see, okay, I know what Sean, and you now, if you read the book, where we, I'll say, okay, now I know what Sean's talking about. Yeah, because yeah. those are those are pulled right from moments of my life that I treasure. So it was tough. I know my editor said the same thing. You know, she said, Sean, are you ready for the world to know this? And I said, yeah, because I love telling stories and this is a story I want to share with the world. I really believe this is something that I think people will enjoy. And if I can write about something that I am truly lucky, I, I, I consider myself so lucky and so blessed to have experienced, if I can use that to create this wonderful story, I think that's, that's the things that make projects great. Oh, no, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think it makes it um, not just real, but just, uh, I think special is not really, you know, the, the right word. Um, but, you know, like it does, it does, it, it makes it, it makes it very unique. You know, and if it, uh, heartfelt, I think is heartfelt. Yeah. Good word. I think it's yeah. more a heartfelt story. And I think even if you, you know, get people that like fantasy or, you know, or had a great relationship with a grandparent, you might, you know, you get a wider audience there, you know, and that's right. People in the middle, you know, like myself going right down the road, I think, you know, that it really sticks with them longer. And, you know, that kind of, 
you know, they, they share those types of stories more with people, you know, those types of books, more people, the, you know, the more heartfelt ones. So, yeah. And I, I think, you know, one of the things too, Dan, just to, to, and just to end on that point is that people always ask me, well, what's your unique selling point with your book? Like what makes your book special? What makes your book different from say other Arthurian legend books in the way they've been written? And my response always is that, um, my unique selling point is my special relationship with my grandfather ingrained in, in this Arthurian legend. And people are like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, but the relationship between my grandfather and I, it's real. It's something I experienced. And I included those, like the foundation of what we experience is the backbone to this book. And I think that's what makes that, that to me is the unique selling point of my book yeah. is that yes, it's fantasy. Yes. You've got this, this, this great, this great legend of Arthur and Excalibur and Merlin, um, all characters that I've used in my book. But at the heart of it, you've got this wonderful relationship between a grandfather and grandson based upon real life uh, moments uh, captured uh, by the author himself. And I think that's a, a wonderful, unique selling point. And I'm so proud to be able to use that. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And just want to say to people, that is a particularly great story um, to, uh, you know, share with loved ones, say, you know, for the holidays so absolutely <laughs> oh because there are moments in that book dan they're taken right out of uh right out of christmas morning with my grandfather oh so that's many, so cool so many I, years ago and uh like i said uh people who have read it um uh it does bring a tear to their eye even though they they feel like they can they, they feel like they're living it as they're reading it it uh and that's what i wanted to do i wanted to capture those moments those precious moments yes of course you want to capture the arthurian lore yes you want to capture the wizard Merlin. yes you want to make sure that those characters that they are done correctly and that they're that they are um uh, represented in the right light yeah, yeah but you know but you want to connect with people on something that you can relate to and yeah. that's family and the relationship of family. And I think that this, 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 I'm so proud of this book and how it does that. And I gotta say, I'm, you know, I'm obviously I'm a huge fantasy and sci-fi guy, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm, and you know, no disrespect, but I'm far more interested in, you know, reading the relationship. Um, sure. Between you and your grandfather like that. Again, I, I, you're, I think you're totally right. I think that's a totally unique take. You, you know, you got Percy Jackson, you know, mom there, you know, that relationship, you know, you got the dad in there, even you got other books like that, you know, uh, you know, even, yeah, they've seen ants and stuff. I, I've not seen grandfathers though. So I, I definitely think that you have a very um, unique story there. So, oh, you've got, there's the, there's the other book too, Dan. I can't remember her name. She's a, uh, oh, what's the book? It was a book and it was turned into a series. Um, oh gosh, I can't recall now, but it's one that's on Netflix now too, where she's like a demon hunter and her mom is involved. And I can't remember the name of it. And it's, um, totally oh, I, 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 can't, <laughs> I, I guess it's, I can't remember the name, but like, uh, it, it was, it's another, if it comes to me, I'll mention it to you, but it's another one too. That's that uses the family element. Uh, to kind of uh, build the story around, right? Now, the difference there is that that family was made up, whereas mine was real. Mine's a real relationship put into a book and then the story derived from that. So yeah. uh, having real life experiences and real life memories and being able to use those, uh, just, it, it was an incredible place to start. Like yeah, it really yeah. was. People talk about character driving the plot. Your characters are so important, making sure that your plot moves forward. Well, when you're taking real life characters that you know so well and believe in, um, like I said, you're, you're, uh, the juices are flowing. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're moving in the right direction. That's for sure. Yeah. Like a river. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's so, so true. I don't know why I keep going back to the river today. Clayton Snyder, I see you. It's in there, man. Uh, so that kind of, you, we talked quite a bit about um, this question too, but I'm just kind of curious uh, now to this answer. So what do you love most about writing fantasy? If you had to pick like one thing. I think fantasy has the opportunity. I love to tell stories. I'm a storyteller, whether I'm telling, I just love telling stories. My imagination is a world in its own. That's what so many people have told me. Ideas that I come up with, and I just love telling stories. And I think fantasy gives you the opportunity to tell stories that in other genres you wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah. I think it there's there's and the freedom to tell so many, so much 
Like there's no real limit in the fantasy yeah, world yeah, yeah. to what to what you can do. Storytelling is so important to me. I think it's being able to tell great stories. Again, going through a global pandemic, the world around us was was something that was a lot of negativity. There was a lot of it was just a bad time. Being able to escape into a fantasy world and write in a fantasy world was something that I enjoyed. It was like this opportunity to escape. It's almost like the Chronicles of Narnia going through the wardrobe, right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like that's what I loved about that book, right? Like C.S. Lewis, like he takes you from our world to a different world. And I loved that. The idea to escape into another world, a world that you're controlling. And I think the fantasy world allows you to do that. It allows you to create this this world where you really have no limits. You've got your characters and you can create this world around you. And for a guy who lives to tell stories, a guy who's jotting down ideas every day on pieces of paper about, oh man, about this idea that I want to have about this, whether it's a character, um, you know, getting caught in a maze or whatever, whatever comes to mind or whatever fuels my imagination. I think storytelling and being able to tell stories in the fantasy world is what makes it so special for me and that's what i love about it it's a fabulous answer i totally agree with that it's uh it's definitely its own thing my friend goes you should just write historical fiction i'm like maybe one <laughs> like but... it's historical fiction you've got limits right then you've got yeah, limits you're basing exactly. it off of you're, you're basing it off of fact fantasy <laughs> like i said you can go you the world is your there's no limit there's no limit yeah. to what you can do right your imagination is able to to, to flow free and oh, for yeah. someone like myself who just enjoys who, i go to bed at night coming up with ideas in my head talking about stories right uh a friend of mine a good friend of mine we were talking about her uh pre-recording like she'll wake up in the middle of the night and she'll start writing in the middle of the night right and only the fantasy world can allow you to do that right and that's <laughs> yeah. what I, so that's like so i said true. right so <laughs> if you if you love telling stories that's that, that's that's for me i think being able to as a storyteller myself that's what makes and just having such an eclectic imagination makes yeah, the fantasy yeah. world makes the fantasy world uh, something special to me, and I, I can't wait. I've I've got so many different other ideas after the Grand Father Chronicles series, but I'm so excited to uh, to move this series forward and to think of this Grandfather Chronicles universe that I've created. It's just been it's just been awesome, and like I said, for a guy who loves telling stories, uh, the fantasy world was I can't imagine going anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, you kind of also you're just getting right, right into these next questions, which is nice. Okay. <laughs> well, it's, it's a, we're having such a great conversation, right? It's like it's no, just, I, it's I totally agree. Yeah, it should flow. Uh, right. What do you find most difficult when it comes to writing fantasy? I stole this from uh, Ben Galley. So Ben, okay, <laughs> thank you. Uh, the, the most difficult thing that I find as a independent author who's just released his first book, I think the, the thing is the, the competition out there. There's a lot of there's oh, yeah. a lot of pe- there's a lot of people out there who love fantasy, which is great because I love reading fantasy. Yeah, yeah, as, yeah. Much as, as much as I love telling stories, I love reading stories. But the one thing that I think you have to always keep in mind is you have to know what's going on in the world around you. Uh, meeting fellow authors, reading their books. I, I make it a point of making sure I'm reading other books in the fantasy genre to see what's happening. Making sure that your ideas are staying fresh. Making sure that your ideas are uh, on par with what's happening in the fantasy community. Making sure that uh, you know what's going on. You're aware of other authors and what's worked for them, what hasn't been. So I think the competition, like anything and anything we do, um, I don't want to say it's a weakness, but it's definitely something that I'm aware of. It's something that I think I um, I know is out there is that it's a very competitive industry. I yeah. mean, books is books is competitive to begin with, but the fantasy fantasy genre itself is is very competitive, which I think is it makes it that much more important that you're authentic and true to yourself, making sure that the stories you're telling um, are are accurate and represent who you are as not only an author but a person. And so I think that to me was probably the biggest weakness is that there's a lot, there's a lot out there and it's, it can be as a, as a new author coming into that industry, Dan, it can be very daunting to oh, see, yeah. wow, look at this, look at the incredible competition out there. Look at these incredible books. Some of the stories I've read are just incredible. So yes, it's a, that to me is a very daunting task, but it also motivates me. It also says, you know what, stay true to yourself. Uh, continue, continue doing what you do. Believe in yourself. Believe in your possibilities, and that's what's that's important. Recognize what's going on around you, um, but believe in yourself and believe in your unique selling point and believe in your 
believe in the story that you're trying to tell. And yes, it's tough. Um, as a new author myself, as a guy who's released his first book, your head can your head's spinning because there's so much to take in. Yeah. But I think it's important just to one day at a time, uh, stay true to your journey, have a path in place of where you'd like to be and stay on that path and just enjoy the ride. I guess that's the best way to say it is enjoy the ride. I like that quote. Stay true to your journey. That's a great quote right there. Stay true to you. Stay true to you. Because it's 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 uh, I, I love that quote. Stay you know stay true to your journey. Live in the moment. Those are important things to remember because it's easy to get off track, especially if things all of a sudden if things take off. But always stay true to yourself. Remember that uh, only you can be your best self. Don't let ever don't let ever somebody else trying to find who you are. And it's easy to get lost in this in the world of fantasy when you're surrounded by so many great fantasy authors yeah yeah well i think too like i think you make a great point because you know like i um you know i was talking to mark tiffany about this i'm like you know i i do i love the forgotten realms i love Dragonlance. i said i you know i do want to fill the niche uh you know so now they're not publishing those newer ones and um but i did say at the same time i'm like i want to tell my story and not someone else's regurgitation of a story. And we talked a lot about like how to, you know, really fill that line. And, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard, you know, I was talking to a couple yeah. of people about that and, you know, you're like, Oh, I want to be like this person, but also I want to tell this type of story. And then uh, but subconsciously or what, then all of a sudden you start telling just a, you know, a rendition of their story and you're just like, wait, right. so I really, I just really enjoy how you said that. So. Oh, good, I good. I jotted something down here, Dan, that I want to tell you, because it came to me as I was talking to you, the, uh, the title of the book, because I read them and the story is called shadow hunters and her name is Clary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry about it. I know it's totally. No, no, no. Make... I'm glad you said that because I totally forgot that they did a TV show for that. Yes, they did. And there's, because I, I actually read the book books before they even oh, came cool. out and, they, and they've actually did the first movie and then they've done the series and then it both kind of stopped but the idea that uh she was a mother-daughter kind of relationship and the father was kind of the antagonist yeah, in that right but yeah, again yeah, again that. again the author created created uh created these characters where yeah. like i said not to go back to the question but no, no, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, the family I create is, is my own. It's it's memories. But so there have but, I, but the point I guess I'm trying to make is there have been successes in the fantasy world where yeah, they've yeah. taken that family element and put it at the core of the story, right? Oh, well, I, I think you're totally right there. I mean, you, you, you take a look at like, let's just talk about the other half of this podcast, right? Sci-fi. You look at the family element. I mean, <laughs> you know, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, you know, Leia. I mean, I that there's a family element for you, you know, and I, I definitely, but I think that, it's different in your circumstance, you know, cause again, you're, you're using a different facet of that, you know, again, you know, George Lucas created the, that family, you know, unit and the, the history the emotion. And um, yeah, I just, I think you using, you know, your own, again, I think is very unique. I, I haven't heard of anybody doing that. Um, I've heard people, you know, creating different characters for that mm -hmm. reason, but not, you know, expressly doing it in the manner that you've done. So it's definitely unique there. Yeah, I like I said, I don't want to. Like, I know we've been talking quite a bit on that point, but yeah, it, yeah, and that's you know that was that I always had that vision, and I always knew that was going to be the cornerstone of the book. Mm. Right? I always knew that this was going to be the idea, and we were going to build the the story around the relationship between the grandfather and the grandson, and bringing my mom into it, and having a character based on her and um, other characters. I liked, you know, it was it's, it's actually interesting. I had somebody ask me, uh, are, are any of the characters besides the grandson? you know how did you how did you come up with the other ideas for the characters and yes they're loosely based upon family members and uh different relationships i've had over the years but i can also say that there's a part of me in every character because mm. i had to although i experienced the memories with my grandfather and i don't want to get too far into the plot but other characters in the book although i experienced it with those real life characters i had to write those characters into the book so there is a bit of me in every character because I'm the guy who's kind of taking those real life characters and turning them into this fantasy family that's at the core of this, this adventure to discover the real truth behind their family bloodline. So there's, there's so much there. There's, it, it was such a, uh, uh, a unique opportunity that I just wanted to tell the story. I had to do it. Yeah. That's excellent. And that actually leads me into our next question here. Excellent. So I was taking a look here and of course it um must have disappeared on me earlier when things crashed right before we started 
So I was taking a look at your Goodreads uh, for book one. And uh, of course, that's not going to let me go there now. Um, I just really liked your tagline uh, for book one because there was a little portion off that it did show me for the book. Of course, it's not mm -hmm. show me. Um, I just thought it was excellent. So I was really just curious at how you came up with uh, are you talking about the tagline, Dan, how far would you go for family? Is that the one you're talking about? Uh, yes. I was just curious as to, I just thought that that was excellent. And I was looking at a couple of your other ones too. And I just, I noticed, you know, just your quotes in general on, you know, your website, um, that one. Um, and then you, that was like kind of spaced out separately on Goodreads compared to the, um, the rest of the story. I was just curious at what sort of process you use for that, because all I had to do was just read that first little spot there. Um, and it was only like two or three sentences before even explaining the book. And I was already sold. Um, okay. And I just felt like you wordsmith that just perfectly. <laughs> so I was just curious. And it's like I talked to Miles, you know, uh, her yeah. as well. I was just really curious as to you know, what your process was for, you know, for that and, you know, or how you made that decision, you know, for those types of taglines and quotes and things. And um, yeah, I just, I thought you used them in places really, really well. So oh, I was just curious as to that process. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. It's, well, I, I love hearing that. It's one, uh, thank you so much for the comment. Um, so one of the things over the years that I've learned the hard way is that I have done a lot of work in media production as a producer. Um, so as a producer in media production, you are responsible for pitching ideas to people to try and get people to agree to your projects. Um, I've worked with hockey player, professional hockey players over the years. So oh, cool. they, they get a lot of different requests um, to do yeah. different things. So you have to separate yourself from other requests. And it's funny, I was having a conversation with my brother tonight. It's amazing how these, these things always seem to come in a circle, right? And he was asking me, he says, Sean, you know, how do you make your pitch stand out from other people? And I said to him, I said, you may only get one opportunity, okay, to pitch to, pitch to somebody who you want to get to. That might be it. You might send out 500 letters and only get one opportunity. You need to make sure that that one opportunity counts. You need to make sure that in that pitch package that you are capturing everything that you can and making it enticing for who's ever reading that. Yeah. Because chances are, if, we're if I'm submitting, if I'm submitting, let's just say, okay, I've, I'm on a Jessica Jones kick. So I'm going to use Kristen Ritter for an example. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So there are tons of people who might submit proposals to Christina Ritter, right? Um, or Kristen Ritter, sorry, right? You have to make your proposal stand out. And even that's not guaranteed because yeah. you may, you're going to have to get through what I call a panel of her first people first before you yeah. even get to her, right? So it's important to know and believe in what you are trying to sell or pitch to them. If you don't, you will go nowhere with it. So you need to be able, in my opinion, now you might agree with, might disagree. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to sell your idea or sell your or or sell your book, your idea, your product, whatever it is, in one sentence. Someone should be able to read that one sentence, okay? And that that one sentence should either say to them, "Yeah, I'm going to read the rest of this email," or "No, I'm going to go to the next one." I always made it a point in every pitch package that I sent out to make my subject line unique. Don't have just redundant text in your subject line have something there that catches people's interest mm. something that is going to stand out when they're looking in an email inbox and they see yes. all these emails have something that stands out so it took me a lot of years dan to come up with these sentences what i call taglines or log lines things that define your project but in order to come up with these projects these taglines these log lines you have to believe in a hundred percent in what you are pitching yeah, yeah. because if you don't it's going to come somewhere along the line it's going to catch up to you so people who have had not had a lot of success with that i always say well are you just trying to get that contact or do you actually know that story so it's very important that you believe in what you are trying to pitch and trying to sell and my process to coming up with these log lines is that i may write down 50 at once things mm -hmm. that just come to my head all to do with my book and then from there, I'll cross stuff off because I've been doing it for so long now with respect to pitching, 
whether it's to pr other producers or to production companies or trying to reach out to celebrities or people for book reviews, you have to be able to entice them yeah. to want to read what you are pitching or selling to them. And if you don't believe in it, you won't come up with these ideas because people should be able to read these taglines and say, wow, you can tell he's put a lot into this book. There's a lot, there's a lot there, right? So my process really is, it's been a, it's been a, just a, a learning process over the years of being able to come up with creative taglines in emails. And that's kind of filtered its way now into my pitch packages and ultimately my taglines that I use. So it is kind of an art. It's an art over the years of, yeah, I've been turned down a lot. There've been a lot of no responses, but there've been some pretty good people who have responded to me. And I take that as a win because it is a numbers game. You have to reach out. It really is a numbers game. But uh, just to sum up there, just before I just finish off here, it is a, a, it's been a learning process for me. And I continue to learn that. That's why I continue to, I, and I think, especially in, in the book universe, in the fantasy universe, the more you read, the more you engage, the more you can talk to other authors, it actually helps you understand your work even better. No, I totally agree. And I think that's what's helped me come up with these promos and taglines that I use. Uh, and I'm proud of those taglines because to me, those promos and taglines really capture the essence of what my book is all about. Yeah. No, I, I have to totally agree. I just, I just read the first one on Goodreads. I was just like, yep. And <laughs> went over and clicked it, <laughs> added it. So I was just, I didn't even, I didn't even need anything else. So, I mean, this is just icing on the cake, but yeah, I just, I'm oh, really glad awesome you, to hear. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Cause I, and again, this is why I do the podcast. Cause you just said it in a way that I had not considered doing them before. So, and just thinking of it, you know, like I told kids in class, you know, we were talking about, we're doing, you know, our slavery unit and they're, we're talking about, they're like, well, how come, you know, slave owners won't allow, you know, slaves to read? And I said, I talked about Harriet Beecher Stowe, you know, and yeah, my favorite quote by her. And it's like, you know, when you get into a tight place, everything goes again to, and it seems like you can't hold on a minute longer. And it just goes and goes. And it's like 28 words. And I told them, I said, I read those 28 words at a point in my life where I needed them. Like I needed them. And that idea of, you know, you, you're about to give up and that's the time when you're not supposed to give up. Like that's her whole point. And I don't know why, you know, she said it, everybody's always said that to me, but she said it in a different way and I read it and it just, I don't know, something clicked there. And I, I think, you know, how you explain that too is the same thing. Like, and I try to tell them, I'm like, ideas change your life. I said, that's why slave owners didn't want, you know, their slaves getting these ideas. I said, it literally changed their life. You know, I said- no question. You know, and I said the, the, you know, this, the other day, I said, you guys, I said, you guys are showing up on time. Why are you showing up on time? They said, well, you tell us you have to show up on time. I said, well, people have been telling that for years. I said, why all of a sudden is it different now? And we talked about that, you know, and it's that idea, you know, that, you know, you can really reach success and you see it. And I said, well, that's a new idea. So I'm glad that you mentioned it that way, because I don't know, you said it differently than people have said to me before. And it actually makes a lot more sense that way. So Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> glad, glad I asked you that question. I was thinking of it earlier. That's another one I changed. Um, after, you know, I got everything done, and then I was like, oh, let me just oh, check good. It real quick. Uh, and I was like, man, I really like this line. And then I went to your website. I really like those. So I'm really glad that I, for some oh, reason, good. at 5 o'clock, changed everything. <laughs> so I think well, I know. Uh, I know. I know. I am, and I remember it's funny you bring this up. I remember my editor Haley. She she loved that tagline. We came up with it on the phone together actually during one oh, of our cool. conference calls. It's like how far would you go for family, right? Because the whole essence of of my of this of the book, well, the series, the whole essence of the series is really based upon this relationship between this grandfather and grandson. But how far would you go for family, no matter what you discovered, right? And the grandson discovers he discovers some pretty dark secrets from his grandfather's past. So how far would you go for family, right? I mean, you and I are talking about it right now, and I, I between yeah, I do anything for my granddad you know that right but uh, how 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 far is too far right and that's kind of like and that brings and that kind of people people like that because i was always taught can you sell your book in 30 seconds can you or not even your book dan can you get on an elevator and sell your book in 50 or sell your idea in 15 seconds like these big yeah, packages yeah. right you may only get 10 seconds they only they only, they may only read the subject line in your first paragraph of an email you need to be able to entice people to keep reading they don't have an obligation to you need to um make them want to and that's like a book you got to make them want to keep going right no yeah no I, I think that's totally great because we 
we talked a lot with different authors last couple of weeks on Amazon ads, but not necessarily just on taglines themselves. So yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned that. I think that's a, a great, great valuable point that people that are watching will, uh, will get from that. So I hope, I hope so. You know, um, and the platforms are great. Amazon is great. The, I think what makes these platforms so unbelievable is just the, the tremendous reach that they have, right. Yeah, with yeah. the, with, with the right product, you can reach, you know, millions in, in mere seconds. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it does come down to product. You have to have something that is able to be marketed virally across that platform. Right. And it, and for me, it all starts with being able to uh, entice people to want to keep reading, have something yeah. that you can put out there that, people can respond to and want to read more about you know and not everyone's going to enjoy it people are going to have their opinions and and that's fine uh, right you know not all i think i'm trying to establish with 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 my particular book is to create my own audience create yeah. an audience that, that enjoys this right but uh the opportunity to advertise on these platforms is great but having a product and having taglines and having having log lines that capture what's happening in your book in one sentence and make people like, Oh my God, I got to read on. I think that's, that's the essence of what marketing is. Can't really pull out one thing you said there. You said so many great things there. So <laughs> I have to go back and uh, listen to this myself just to write some things down. Um, yeah. So you heard it here first guys. <laughs> <laughs> Too much there. It's really, it was really good answer. It's a great answer. Um, so I'm really interested to hear what authors or books do you recommend to our audience? Like who really stands out? Wow. To well, um, there are a lot of legendary authors who I love. I'm a big J.R. Tolkien fan, obviously Lord of the Rings. Okay. I, I've, uh, for the longest time, the last few years, I haven't, I used to read the three books to fe the mm. fellowship of the ring, two towers and return of the king every Christmas. I used to read them all the time. All oh, three books. Cool. Um, people used to laugh J.R. Tolkien. How can you read that? It is difficult reading. It is hard. Oh yeah. But, fellowship was but, difficult. Yeah, it was. But for a guy who loves storytelling, like that's the epic storytelling adventure. Mm. Right. And, as, and, uh, it's a able, <laughs> Oh, it's, and it's, it sets the bar up here, yeah. right? The, the bar is so high, right? So I love that book. I also love Philip Pullman. I loved his dark materials. I love the idea of creating this, seamlessly creating this other world in our world and having different realities. I thought that was a great yeah. book. They did a great job with the series, but I really enjoyed the books. I know yeah. he's coming out with a whole bunch more now, so I can't wait to get into those. The problem is only, there's only so many hours, much hour, so many hours oh, in a day to read all I, this stuff, right? I'm on um, book one. I'm probably like, 200 pages in and I just yeah. got distracted with indie stuff. So I just sure. really need to go back to it. Cause I, I was really just the, just, it's like Dune, the, the new movie, it just the, the, oh. the difference in tech, you know, compared to traditional, like traditional sci-fi. I, it, it, it astounded me in that book too. I'm just like, I just love the, the world building itself, you know, me too, me too Dan. So and that, yeah. <laughs> And she goes and it, down into the crypts and she's talking oh, about the different ghosts and everything and the different headmasters and just the, you know, like even like I'm at the part where like she's preparing, um, you know, to go to the north and oh, yeah, that's right. thing she's collecting. And I'm like, so what is that? And just the explanation for the different tools and things. I just, I find it very, very interesting. So yeah, I'm going to definitely have to go back and, and finish that. Oh, one. and, 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 and how the golden compass works. And her relationship to, like, I don't want to wreck it for you. It, it, no, gets, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. it, it gets so good. And, and what I, I think you, you nailed it. You took the word right out of my mouth. Um, he does such a, Philip Pullman does such a great job of world building. Something yeah. that I, that I, that I love. Uh, like Lord of the Rings, no question, was world building. But yeah. what I liked about Philip Pullman's world building is that it, this could be happening in our world. Like, you know, I know, I totally the, agree. Yeah. The, the, the different realms, it could be, yeah. right? So he makes it real. And that's where, where I can relate to, right? Because um, my editor again said, you know, Sean, what I love about your book is you seamlessly blend reality and fantasy together. And I think that's what Philip Pullman does, especially in his dark materials. Totally. The worlds are blended together, right? Yeah. But I would, I mean, uh, to recommend some indie authors, I, I would love to recommend three if you, to, to say it here, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, first, obviously, I'd like to, my friend Lainey Morris, who just came out with her fourth book in her series, um, The Gatekeepers of Eden. Uh, it's part of her Father of Contention series. It's a paranormal sci-fi fantasy series. Okay. Very, very good. Very, very out there. If you like science fiction, if you like the paranormal, if you like fantasy, I definitely would recommend giving 
her book's a chance. Uh, she's also one of the nicest authors I've ever connected with. She's always um, ready to, if you want to reach out to her and talk to her, she's ready to talk. Anything indie, fantasy, she's there. Uh, check out her website, Lainey Morris. Uh, she's uh, an interesting, interesting author. I'd also have to represent, uh, my second one is, her name is Ava Alton, and she's a European author. And what I love about her is she has, although vampires and witches have been done in so many different ways, Ava Alton, again, has has taken the the witch and vampire genre and made it so unique in her own vision. Oh, cool. And what I like, and what I love about her is that she's made it real. She's taken, so I, I mean, I love, I'm, I'm into that stuff. I love science fiction. I love witches, Salem, all that, all, all oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Uh, really gets to me. Um, I know vampires have been done tirelessly, but what she does in this book, then the relationship she builds between this vampire and this witch is something incredible. I oh, definitely cool. would recommend checking out Ava Alton's books. Um, the first one's called Scarlet Witch or something. Um, oh, yeah. Stray, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Stray Witch. Stray yeah, Witch is yeah. her first book. I actually have um, her book one on Kindle. Okay. No, that was one of the ones that I got a while back. I think okay. it was the promo thing. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. Definitely check out that one. That's a good one. And again, she is another another neat author to talk to her imagination is is uh is is really quite incredible and to talk to her about where she came up with the ideas of her characters there's some realism there's some there's some realism there so talking yeah. to her would be incredible um the number the, the last person i want to mention is probably the guy who has really helped me on twitter and his name is pl stewart and he's the author of the drowned kingdom series oh yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i talked to him in, okay yeah. incredible guy uh, you know, he would give you the shirt off his back. He yeah. is ready. He is ready to help anyone. He's so eager to to sit down with you and talk about storytelling, world building, fantasy. And he is already, believe it or not, he's released his first book, and I believe he's already in the editing stages of book two with Friesen Press. Wow. Uh, what's neat about PL is he and I both came through Friesen Press. That's a self publishing company. So we both came through um, freezing together so they call us the freezing brothers which is kind of neat <laughs> and uh he and i have become very very good friends um through twitter believe it or not we've never met in person yet because of the pandemic we're trying to do that down the line but i would definitely recommend checking out a drowned kingdom what an unbelievable story and if you want to talk about someone who knows how to tell stories and storytelling it's pl he knows how to write so definitely that's would be another recommendation for me for sure and he's on my list um, um excellent for, for second season uh yeah we had talked a little bit Oh, good. Um, dropped off there. So I'm, um, he kind of popped back up on Twitter. Today. I was like, oh man, I was like, I keep forgetting. Oh uh, yeah. Dan, like, uh, you have, you'll have an incredible conversation with him. He is one of the easiest Excellent. guys in the world to talk to. And he's so genuine and authentic. Just a, just a great guy. Um, I, I taught, you know, before we both have been pretty busy the last few weeks, but we were talking once a week on, on zoom and, uh, oh, cool. he's an incredible guy and he's another guy that is just there to help. He's there to provide so much insight and he's been through a lot of, um, a, a lot of what we've talked about yeah. and still going through it. And he's just a great member of that community to be able to talk to and get insight from. And I, like I said, um, he really, 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 he was the guy who really helped me with Twitter, really helped me figure it out how to use it to um, for my best possible use and to try and say to me, Sean, that it's not just a selling platform. It's a platform to engage and get to know people. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Twitter. Um, I, I wouldn't have met him. So uh, it's, it's, it's been just uh, like I said, he was the, he was probably the real the first author. I, I really had the opportunity to really sit down with and really oh, get cool. an idea of how the, the indie world and self-publishing world works. But um, like I said, he's been uh, he's been an, an, an incredible colleague and, and even, and, and just a wonderful friend. And he, you guys will have a, have a great chat. You'll you have a great conversation on here. He's a, uh, he's just a great guy. Definitely, definitely unique storyteller. So I'm, I was looking uh, for at sure. Absolutely. Some of his stuff the other day. I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> oh, and he's just like I said, and he has such a uh, a warm way of, of, of talking. You know, everyone has their own way of communicating. He has just this this warm presence when you're talking to him. You just you just you enjoy every second with him. Yeah. And whether I you know I've chatted with him for a number of times now and I look forward to every call with him because it's just a, it's just a it's if and even if you're having like a rough day and you're you know, say we're we're working on something that's not going right, just sitting down and talking to him just just really helps you come back to your journey stay on your path stay on your journey so uh definitely we're checking out a drowned kingdom and definitely uh checking out pl stewart he's uh he's uh just an incredible guy that's awesome 
Uh, my last one here. So this is your time. Any promotions, news, updates, anything like that? So I'm happy. A couple of things, uh, Dan. I won't okay. keep you here, but uh, I'll just start off with uh, the best place to start if you're interested in becoming part of the Grandfather Chronicles universe is to visit www.thegrandfatherchronicles all one word.com. That is the official website. You can contact me through the website. There are various links from the website to purchase the book, whether it's through Amazon, whether it's through Freeze and Press, which is where I publish the book. Uh, you can also Barnes and Noble. Um, we've made the uh, website very convenient. So if you're in the US or in Canada, amazon.ca, amazon.com, there's Amazon UK link and even the Amazon India link because India, I have a large following in India who are really oh, enjoying cool. uh, this fantasy adventure. So oh, cool. the webpage is the best possible place to start, uh, Dan, because everything is linked to that webpage. All the news, upcoming promos, upcoming events, everything is all on that webpage. So be sure to go to the webpage, go through those links. Um, I am on Twitter at Sean, S-E-A-N, R-Bell. So all one word, Sean R-Bell. I'm on Twitter and I love engaging with people on there. It's how I met yourself, Dan. It's been, been amazing to uh, to meet so many great people on there. Twitter, I'm on Twitter. Again, love, love chatting. I'm on there, oh, three to four times a day and there's always stuff going on there. I'm also on Facebook at The Grandfather Chronicles. Uh, the Facebook page is um, kind of like my jam. I love the Facebook page. That's where a lot of, uh, great promos are shared, photos, pictures, Grandfather Chronicles, anything to do with the family. There's pictures I sometimes will share on there as well as Twitter of myself and my grandfather as kid, as a, as a, as a young oh, kid, cool. right? To show people that this this is this is who I am. This is where the idea kind of came from. So the Grandfather Chronicles on Facebook. And as for any upcoming promos right now, uh, as I mentioned to you in the uh, pre-recording, Dan, I am going to be on what's called Storytellers on Tour. They are a they they have a Twitter account, Facebook page, and Instagram account. And what they are is a company that puts my book out to unique bloggers, um, reviewers, and anyone who wants to do reviews or help promote the book um, will contact them. They'll get free copies of the book and they'll promote the book through various platforms that they run. It's a seven day um, program that runs from December 12th to the 18th. So it's right around Christmas time. And uh, yeah, and like I said, just tune into the website for any more promos. There's lots coming down the pipeline. COVID's put a bit of a dent in some of the stuff that we want to do. So we've had to, been cre had to be creative with what's coming. But I think the best place to start is just tune into that website, try that website. And like I said, um, I've made it very easy to navigate to all the various different platforms from there. Excellent. And if you're somebody like me who is a teacher, but cannot, like gives directions daily, but cannot follow directions very well, apparently, <laughs> uh, don't worry. Um, I will be putting Sean's website link in the description for both YouTube and Spotify. I know it's much easier just to click a link than like somebody earlier, I was listening to their podcast and uh, they did not put the, the authors to oh, yes, in right. the description. And I, so I'm like trying to look it up and I was like, oh, I really, I, I they had this idea and I was like trying, I'm like, what was that? And I just could not get it. So I was like, oh, I was like, I'm just going to find them on Twitter and then go that route. <laughs> so don't worry guys, I'll be putting uh, that link in the description uh, for both. So you guys can just go right to that link, click it and go right to Sean's website and his products. So just to make it easier on you guys. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, for sure. When you can, when you see it in front of you, it's, all, it's much easier to click on it. For sure. <laughs> I'm like, what was that letter? And I like, gonna have to go, gonna have to rewind the podcast <laughs> and like spell everything out. Yeah, no one does uh, that. They want They want to see the links and click. Yeah, right yeah. Right? So I was just like, that, that, that's awesome. You're gonna put that up there. That's amazing. I, yeah, that's I need. Awesome. I keep forgetting. I need to. My friend earlier, I was mentioning that to him, and um, he's like, "Yeah, you're gonna put, you know, Sean's link in there." Yeah, yeah. So I put his link in there. He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "I why didn't?" He goes, oh, "You should tell your friend, you know, to go back in his podcast and you know and do sure. that." Sure. Yeah. I'm going to have to remember that, but <laughs> yeah, we'll make it easy on everybody. For sure. Well, Sean, really want to thank you for coming on. And uh, my audience here, me and Sean, both want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. Uh, you can find this video on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and finally got the audio on Spotify as of Sunday. So by the time you see this, awesome. Sean will be on Spotify. We'll be actually already talking about it uh, the couple weeks leading up to this video. Uh, so you guys can actually be in the car and listening as you go. Uh, feel free to reach out to us at Scholars of Uma. That's U-M-A at gmail.com. And yes, I know that I forgot to put the email link in there. I just keep putting all the author stuff. So I will be changing that um, in the description. So you guys can go ahead and click on that. 
Uh, let me know if you want to see anybody new on our podcast, have any questions for people such as Sean, or, you know, you want to see people back. I know people, you know, Sean, you know, I'd love to have you back, uh, you know, anytime, you know, talk about, you know, really whatever, or, you know, promos or anything like that. Um, anything you guys want to send me video wise or picture wise, I can put that are fantasy and sci-fi related. Um, I can put on, you know, the, my website, uh, Twitter, Facebook, anything like that. We'll share some fun things. A couple of people have already uh, done that. So we're putting those up. Uh, Sean, again, want to thank you for a great pre-conversation and a great interview. Uh, if there's anything else, you know, that I or the audience can do to help you out, uh, please just let me know. And I look forward to talking to you on Twitter, my friend. Dan, thanks so much. It was, uh, it was wonderful. And it would be an honor to come back on the show. Thanks so much for the opportunity. It really has been a pleasure. Excellent. Anytime, anytime. I'll get a hold of you and hopefully we can get you in on our uh, round two for uh, the second part of season one in the winter. Oh, look at that. That looks great right there. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Thanks, Dan. Have a good one, Sean. I'll talk to you later. Bye now. Bye.